Well, we're going to start looking today at a, a series called Relationship Rehab. Um, the original sermon, I don't know if it was original to him, but as a pastor from Liquid Church, uh, Pastor Tim Lucas, and I, I, I thought, man, we need to hear that. And so uh, I filtered it, and, and uh, I want to share this with you. I think it's unique to us. The last two years have been kind of hard for a lot of us on, in relationships. Um, for some of us, people we've respected and we loved and we cherished, something happened, and the relationship has somehow got a little crunchy. Um, maybe it was a vaccination issue. Maybe it was a politics issue. Um, maybe said, maybe somebody said something that, I don't know, it, was, it just kind of rubbed you wrong. Something was said wrong. Maybe something was weird. But the changes in the relationship, you, the, the change that you see in the person, you don't see them the same anymore. Uh, maybe your kids come back from college and they start talking about things like you would never have expected them to, to talk about. Fill in the blank for any controversial issue. Maybe they came home talking about CRT. Maybe they came home talking about immigration. And just totally uh, polar opposite view of what you hold as a parent and how you've tried to raise them. And maybe they, they tell you about what they've learned at school. They come home and they sit down and you say, hey, let me, let, let, me tell you, let me tell you the other side of the story. You tell the other side of the story, the other view. And they get irate. I can't believe you said that. I'm going to cancel you if you don't behave better than what you are. And so that weird incident caused you to walk around in your own house on eggshells because you don't want to say the wrong thing. That relationship is, is crunchy. Um, and you thought about, well, what's the deal? Is it a generation gap? Is it a maturity issue? What is it? But it's really the heart of the issue. The root cause is this. You know, they see things their way. I see things the right way. That's the problem, um, typically. Uh, so we try lots of things to get them to come around to the right way of thinking. Andy Stanley, Andy Stanley from uh, North Point Baptist, he calls this uh, the C4 approach. C4 is, an is a plastic explosive that blows stuff up. It goes boom. It, it, I think it's from God. It's a beautiful thing. Uh, but for those in the military, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a plastic explosive. It goes off and boom. Um, I think lots of times in relationships we have a C4 approach because we will use something and to try to get them to go all along with us, to go our way. And typically, um, the C4 that your family used is probably the C4 you use. Uh, growing up in our homes, we probably saw one of these one of these approaches used more than others, and I would probably say that whatever approach was used at your family of origin is probably what you use. Okay, Mike, get into it. What are the C4? Number one, we try to convince people uh, that they're wrong and that we're right. We'll send them articles. We'll send them a post, or we'll tag them in a post, or we'll send them this or that, trying to convince them that, that man, what, you, what you're thinking is, is flawed. And so we will try to convince them. But if we can't convince them, we'll try to convict them. We'll send them Scripture. Uh, we'll send them inspirational posts. You know, we'll pray for them that God would change their heart. And some, sometime maybe they'll have remorse about the way they've done things. And if you're really lucky, man, maybe you'll even get an apology. So we try to convince or we try to convict. And if that doesn't work, then what we'll basically try to do is we'll try to coerce them. We'll try to uh, force them to, to change through, through threats. What's that sound like, preach? Well, if you don't do what I say, you're not going to see your grandkids. 
Or if you don't do this, then you're not going to see your kids dealing with broken homes and things like that. It could also sound like this. If you're not, uh, if you're not, uh, if, if you don't make me feel love, I won't give you sex. And the man might say, well, if you don't show me respect, then I won't give you the emotional support you need. So it's a, it's a cycle of coercion. So if convincing doesn't work, convicting doesn't work, coercion doesn't work, then we'll go through that last one, which is control. This is just the way it's going to be. This is it. This is the way we're going to do things around here. So you just kind of put your, your foot down. So of those three, of, I'm sorry, of those four, convincing, convicting, coercion, or control, how's that working out for you? I mean, are your relationships great? Is it doing super? Because typically, C4 blows stuff up. It doesn't fix anything. Um, I'd say whatever C4 was used at your home growing up is probably your explosive of choice. The Apostle Paul tells us, in a follow-up letter to a church that had some crunchy relationships. This is in the book of 2 Corinthians. He talks about how people are to get along, how there is to be uh, relationships between people. The Bible says this. It is 2 Corinthians 5. And all of this is a gift from God who brought us back to himself through Christ. And God has given us the task of reconciling people to him. For God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against them, and he gave this wonderful message of reconciliation. Y'all, at the heart of the Bible is this story of a repaired relationship being, um, a broken relationship being restored. You see, we're unique. We're part of a rebellious race that broke away from God's divine plan, his perfect plan, his plan of peace for everything he's ever created. We're a part of this rebellious species that broke away from God, saying, you know what? We want to do things our way. We want to go our own uh, our own route. We want to try things uh, with our own agenda, and that's where the sin came in. And and what God did for us is totally different uh, in a lot of ways on how we treat people. If somebody breaks from us or they get away from us, we typically just write them off, erase their name. They're not on the list anymore. God didn't do that. Thank God He didn't. He went after us because He wanted a relationship with us. He went after us because He loves us and He wants to be with us. Uh, God wanted to be close with us, so He made the first move by sending His Son Jesus to, be, uh, to die, be buried, and resurrected so we can be in a restored relationship with God. Really, guys, the whole heart of the Bible, if you want to, to put it into one story, this is it. It's how God repaired a broken relationship with family members who had hurt Him. That's the Bible. How God repaired a relationship with family members who had hurt Him. And when we look at this, God didn't say, well, forget you guys. He didn't say, go to hell. And He could have. What He did is says, I'm going to reach out to you. I will make the first move. By the way, the mature person always makes the first move. And God says, I will send My Son to die in the place, I'll pay the bill, I'll fix the mess, I'll make a way, but the response is up to you. I make a way, but you're going to have to make a choice whether you move towards me. Reconciliation, biblical reconciliation means this. It means to either repair or to restore a broken relationship. It means to repair or restore the relationship. Y'all, Jesus did more than just forgive us of our sins. And I thank God He forgave us of our sins, but He didn't just do that. You see, He did forgive our sins, but He also restored the relationship between us and God.
When we look at the cross, we see two beams, a vertical beam going up and down, and then a horizontal beam going left and right. The vertical beam was when Jesus was restoring us into a relationship with the Father. Us coming back into the relationship of restoration, and He made the first move. He restored us. He recovered the relationship. The cross was all about this getting right. Let me read another translation of the same passage we just read. It's just a paraphrased version. It's called The Message, paraphrased by Eugene Peterson. And when I want to know a little bit more or get a little bit more uh, application, I will read another, I will read a paraphrased text of the same, of the same uh, a paraphrased translation of the same text. This is the same text in a different translation. All this comes from the God who settled the relationship between us and Him. And then He called us to settle our relationships with who? The relationship up and down with God is okay through Christ. Now the relationship horizontally, going out with the people in our lives, is what we're coming into play. God put the world square with Himself through the Messiah, through Jesus, giving the world a fresh start by offering forgiveness of sin. God has now given us the task of telling everybody what He's doing. That's why we're doing Wednesday night, turning everyday conversations into gospel conversations. We are Christ's representatives, His ambassadors. God uses us to... This is a cool verse. God uses us to to persuade men and women to drop their differences to do what? We're encouraged, we're told, we're saddled with the responsibility of dropping our differences so we can work for the kingdom of God. We're speaking for Christ Himself now. Become friends with God. He's already a friend to you. Y'all, we're pretty good about forgiveness. I ain't going to lie to you. We're pretty good about forgiveness. What we're not really good about is reconciliation. Forgiveness, um, we can handle forgiveness. For lots of us, when we forgive somebody because they've hurt us or they've damaged us or, or whatever, we can forgive them and then immediately we hold all the cards and we can say, I forgive them, but I don't have to go run around with them. I don't have to spend time with them. I don't have to, to, to be around them. I've forgiven them. God, that's all you've asked me to do. Forgive as I've been forgiven. Uh, so we think that, that, that we're good. Forgiveness can be relatively easy. Reconciliation is hard because that's when you've got to humble yourself. And you might be thinking, well, Mike, if I make the first move, I don't know what to say. And what if they rebuff the attempt to repair the relationship? And we're going to talk about that uh, next week. So make sure you're, you're here for that. But I do know this. Before we ever get to reconciliation, forgiveness has to be given. Forgiveness, by the way, is the runway for reconciliation. Forgiveness is where you start. To restore that relationship. And church, going back to the text, God's given us the, te- the task of telling everyone what He's doing. We are Christ's representatives. God uses us to persuade men and women to drop their differences and enter into God's work for making things right between them. That's the job we've been given. Uh, two weeks ago, we flew out to Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary where Ridge is going to be in person in August. He's been online for a year. He's going to go there. Uh, that's a great school. We, we, flew our, our, we flew on American Airline. Horrible experience. Um, on our flight home, we went from Raleigh to LaGuardia Airport up in the Bronx, and then from LaGuardia, we flew to St. Louis. There is this runway they, they built out into the harbor there at LaGuardia. And when we, when we got out onto the runway and we started taxiing, I looked out and I thought, where are we going? And when he took off, you, you ran out of land. And you, you looked and you were just kind of over the water. And, and you take off at the very last few yards of that ramp. And I'm thinking, does anybody know what's going on in this plane? 
If this dude doesn't get us off the ground, we're going in, in the drink here, okay? And then I'm thinking, but when he took off, it's like, yay! But when we got out on the runway, taxiing, nobody was saying, woo, way to go! I could have done that. Um, the runway was no big deal. The important part of the flight is taking off and landing. Nobody claps because you're taxiing on the runway. Forgiveness is the runway for reconciliation. Mike, I've forgiven the person. Well, that's great. Now where are you going? Well, I ain't going nowhere. I've already forgiven them. I don't have to do anything. And not according to the Bible. You just read that and so have I. Relationship rehab is about recovering those close relationships that may have got crunchy over the last couple of years. And you're going to be given some tools that can help you get those relationships back on track. And I want you to think about maybe these two questions here. Number one, what relationship in your life today needs repaired? What relationship in your life needs repaired? Maybe it's somebody you go to class with. Maybe it's your spouse. Maybe it's a kid. Maybe it's somebody you work with. Maybe it's an old school friend. But what relationship in your life has gotten crunchy? What relationship did you used to love and enjoy, but now you have to walk on eggshells around that person? So, what relationship needs repaired in your life? So I want you to think about that relationship. And then I want you to ask this question. God, what do you want me to do to repair that relationship? What do you want me to do to make that relationship better? What do you want me to do to repair that broken relationship? Now, y'all, this is kind of the intro to the next three weeks, but before we run out of time, I want to give you just one more thing before we go. Colossians 3.13. Bear with each other and forgive whatever grievances you may have against you. Next couple words. Forgive as the Lord has forgiven. Forgive as the Lord has forgiven you. i got a question for you. When you asked God to forgive you of your sins, did He wait six months before He gave you forgiveness? Did He wait six years? Six decades? How quick did God forgive you of your sins? How qu- Maybe you guys know the answer, you just don't like it. Um, did God forgive you instantly? Forgive as you have been. Okay, I'll be the first to admit I don't like that verse either. But we forgive the way that we have been forgiven. That's what we do. You may not like it, but church, as Christians, you and I, you and I, you and I have no other choice but to give instantaneous forgiveness. And I know you don't like that. Forgiveness is instantaneous for a believer. It's not optional. We have to release that person who's hurt us to God. Forgive them the way God forgave you. By the way, the way God forgives us is there's no strings attached to it. There's no caveats attached to it. There's no conditions attached to it. He just says, yes, I forgive you. So if we're looking at at forgiving people the way that, that we are forgiven, it is an instantaneous thing. And you might be saying, well, Brother Mike, I don't feel like forgiving that person. You don't understand what they did to me. They hurt me to the very soul of who I am. Church, I want you to know this. Forgiveness is not a feeling. Forgiveness is a choice. Forgiveness is a choice you make. Forgiveness is a decision you make. It is not a feeling. In fact, when I forgive somebody, what I do is, God, I forgive this person. I released him to do. I released him to you. Now let my feelings catch up. Now let my emotions catch up. Because as a Christian, I immediately have to, got to, required release forgiveness because it isn't a feeling. It's a choice. Reconciliation. Um, it's not going to be possible in every relationship. Reconciliation is not possible in every relationship. I'm not saying that anything is impossible with God. I'm just saying that there's some things not possible with Mike.
Uh, growing up, I had a cousin that uh, he molested me. Uh, and, you know, when you're seven, six, eight years old, you don't really understand that. Uh, for a long time, I thought I had done something. Uh, and I've forgiven him in my heart. But I would never be reconciled. And now he's dead. So that's not happening. The best I can do is forgiveness. Maybe you were put in an abusive situation. Maybe, you, maybe the situation was unsafe. There will be some situations that can't be reconciled. And I'm not, um, I'm not saying you're a bad person for that. I'm saying I understand. But I want you to know that there are some relationships that can't or won't be restored. And we're going to talk about that next week. But today we're talking about forgiveness. And forgiveness is a choice. It's not a feeling. It's something that you and I have to do as believers. And it goes against everything who we are as a person because our sinful nature, if somebody hurts us, we want to hurt them. If somebody messes with our family, we want to mess with somebody else's family. If somebody... Uh, cuts us to the quick, we want to cut them to the quick. That is who we are. That is in our, 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 our sinful nature. Uh, if someone hurts you, uh, we want eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth. When, when we root for their downfall, if they hurt us, if something horrible comes up in Facebook about them, inside, we kind of are, are happy about it. We like to see that person who hurt us fall flat on their face. Because in our flesh, we want revenge. If somebody hurts us, we hope, we hope everything goes wrong for them. Our sinful nature, we hurt people the way they hurt us. But y'all, when we're looking at reconciliation, in reconciliation, there's no room for revenge. There's no room for revenge in reconciliation. Grew up during the Cold War. Speaking of the 70s. Uh, America had enough nuclear armament to blow up the world several times. Russia had enough nuclear armament to blow up the world several times. We had chemical weapons, biological weapons, and somebody finally said, hey, enough's enough. All these weapons of mass destruction, it's MAD. Uh, MAD stands for mutually assured... Uh, help me out with that, Brother Chris. Yeah, mutually assured destruction, MAD. They said... How many times do you have to blow this place up? So they said, well, these are things that we won't do. These are things that are off limit. These are weapons of mass destruction. We went into Iraq to get, to get that because we can't use those. I think people use words of mass destruction in relationships. Words that just blow that thing up sky high. And here are some of those words that we probably shouldn't use because they destroy the relationship. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 31. Get rid of all bitterness, all rage, all anger, Harsh words and slander is all types of evil behavior. Now, let's kind of break those down a little bit. These are things that, that can be said in a fight or an argument that, that do not belong there. These are words of mass destruction. Pam and I have been talking about this a lot. I don't know why, but for, for a lot of this year, we must have told you a dozen times, if you're married, divorce is not on the table. If you're married, divorce is not an option. You, you close that escape hatch. Uh, years ago, Pam and I said, we're going to make this thing work. Even if it kills us, we are going to make this work. And you're well, Brother Mike, I, I don't, I've never met somebody that I feel like that way towards. Well, until you meet somebody like you feel that way towards, don't marry them. 
Find somebody that you can stay with your entire life and work on that. Let's talk about anger and rage. Never make threats. Never use rage to intimidate another person. We're going to talk about uh, that later next week. Harsh words. That's when you intentionally say something to somebody just to get a rise out of them. You, you, know, you know they're going to get mad whenever you say it. But you say it anyway just to go to them because you know you're going you're gonna to dig them. Here's another harsh word. You know what's wrong with you? Nobody ever hugged you as a child. And because of that, you do not show emotion to anybody else. You're just like your mother. Harsh words. Or you're just like your father. Those are harsh words. Those are weapons and words of mass destruction. Or you belittle them. You'll never amount to anything. All of these things, they never fix the problem, but they always fix the blame. The reason things are messed up is because of you. The reason why things are, 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 are off the rails is because of you. All of those weapons, of those words of mass destruction, they fix blame, never the problem. And you know what? You know what gets done when you fix blame and not the problem? Check out Washington, D.C. Nothing. That one's blaming that one. That one's blaming this one. And while all the blame's going on, the problem doesn't get fixed. Church, have you ever wondered the reason why the relationships in our lives are so messed up is because we're more concerned about fixing the blame than the problem. Fixing the blame is easy. Fixing the problem is a little bit more uh, severe. So where do we start repairing the problem? If you're going to restart to repair the problem, it means this. You're going to have to restart by repenting. You're going to have to start by repenting. And repenting is a change away. It's turning up your mind. It's flipping the switch in your mind. I'm no longer just going to forgive, but I'm going to pursue the relationship we had. I'm not going to get back at that person. I'm going to get back to where I was with that person. That's reconciliation. And it's work. It's difficult. You know, repent means to change your mind take the off-ramp and turns towards them. Instead of vowing revenge, vow to get back into the relationship. And you might be saying, well, Brother Mike, I'm not feeling it. I'm not asking you to feel it. I'm asking you to be obedient. I'm asking you to forgive the way you've been forgiven because forgiveness is just the first stop on our journey. We're going to reconciliation. You see, with God's help, you can make the first move towards them the same way God made the first move towards you. By sending His Son. Y'all, I want you to think about the relationship that God wants you to restore. I want you to think about that relationship. Maybe you've given forgiveness, but not reconciliation. Here's your prayer challenge this week. This is where we go to work. I want, you to, I want to challenge you to pray this every, every day this week. I want you to take that person that, that has hurt you, or that person that you have a broken relationship that is in desperate need of rehab. Ask God this. Say, Heavenly Father, help me see Joe the way you see Joe. Or Jonita. Help me see Jonita the way you see Jonita. Help me see them the way you do. And then the second prayer is very, very similar. Help me feel towards Joe or Jonita the way you feel towards Joe or, Jornita, or Joe or Jonita. Help me see them the way you do, God, and help me feel towards them the way you do. I want you to think about the person that, that you're into it with or the person that you're, you're, uh, you're, at, uh, you're in a conflict with. And ask yourself this, do you think God's mad at them the way you are? And if you're really serious about that, you'd say, well, no. I'm mad at them, but that doesn't mean God's mad at them. I'm upset with them, but that doesn't mean God's upset with them. 
I'm going to tell you what God's upset with. He's not necessarily mad about the action that caused the problem or what you did to keep the problem going. What he's really concerned about was the problem that drove the wedge between you two to begin with. Because he says, now work on those relationships with each other. Now work on those relationships together. If you feel towards them the way God feels towards them, and you see them the way God sees them, church, I promise you, he's going to answer those prayers. He's going to mess you up. He's going to change your heart. So you make the first move this week with prayer. Say, God, help me see them the way you see them. Help me feel about them the way you feel about them. And when you start that prayer, something happens to your heart. The door of your heart begins to come open. The drawbridge begins to be lowered. Brother Mike, what if they don't respond? What if, what if they blow me off and they don't want to be reconciled? That's where next week comes into play. We're going to start with forgiveness today. Forgiveness is instantaneous. You don't have to think about, can I forgive them or can't I forgive them? Christian, you're not given an option. Brother Mike, you don't know what they did to me. I don't. But I know what Jesus did for you. Because He did the same thing for me. Jesus is asking us to get on board. He's saying, guys, I've got the plane out here on the runway. The runway is forgiveness and we're going to go to reconciliation. Everybody's on board. We have all the snacks and all the pre-flight entertainments ready. I want you to come on board. Take a seat. The nice big chairs. Plenty of leg room. Come on in, guys. Because we're about to take off. Would you get on board this morning? Would you think about that person who, who you're in a crunchy relationship with? And would you pray to God, God, help me to see them the way you see them and feel about them the way you feel about them. Jesus wants you to get on board. And God wants to change your heart. And you might say because, you might say, well, Mike, I don't feel like it. It's okay. God will change your heart. You start feeling brokenhearted towards them, you're going to move towards them. Walls are going to begin to come down. Doors are going to become uh, open. Welcome mats will come out. When we begin to release them to God and see them the way He does and feel towards them the way He does. Church, we may not change the relationship immediately, and the relationship may not change immediately. But this is what I promise: you do this week, you do that, uh, you do that challenge this week. Pray to see them and feel to, uh, them towards uh, towards them the way God does. This is what I promise: the relationship may not change instantly, but next Sunday you'll be changed. You'll be different. You'll see them different. Every head bowed, every eye closed. This morning, I want you to think about. That relationship that you know is it's just got crunchy over the last two years. It's just got weird. In a moment, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna do that prayer. I want to walk you through that. Of God, help me see that person the way you see them and feel about them the way you feel about them. As your heads are bowed and your every eye is closed, if you would, just begin to stand to your feet. If I could have the team come up, begin to play. Every head bowed, every eye closed. This is a difficult message to preach, and this is a difficult message to hear. I get it, because it deals with our hearts. It deals with our relationships. It deals with brokenness. It deals with... some touchy issues. As your heads are bowed and your eyes are closed, 
What relationship needs repaired in your life this morning? What relationship's got crunchier? What eggshell walking are you doing around whatever person? And then, what is God wanting you to do to repair that broken relationship? Now, if God has given you the face, He's given you the person in your heart. Then I want to encourage you and I invite you to pray with me this prayer. I want you to put that face in your mind. That relationship that needs restored. Maybe you've just, hey, you've forgiven Him, but you've walked away. Hey, you've forgiven Him. You're on the runway, but you've not got off the ground. You're, you're not going to go to reconciliation. Here's where the work starts. Would you pray with me? Dear God, help me see blank the way you see them. And God, help me feel about blank the way you feel about blank. Hey, that's, that's tough to deal with, guys. In a moment, we're going to start the invitation. I'm going to have baptismal candidates go ahead, go to the back and get ready. But at this invitation, I want you to bring, I want you to bring that person that you've prayed for this morning. That relationship that's fractured and busted and in desperate need of rehab. We're going to start this invitation. And this morning, if you would like to come up and pray, say, God, right now, just let me see them the way you do and feel about them the way you do. And maybe just begin to do that challenge even here this morning. It won't take you 30 seconds, maybe 60 seconds, but just begin to pray. For some of you, this is going to be a big deal. Because some of you are going to be on the road to reconciliation and release and recovery today. You're going to get on the road. Next week, we're going to talk about the responsibility we have. But today we're talking about the responsibility of forgiveness. Almighty God, as we, uh, I just pray that as this invitation begins, Holy Spirit, I pray that you would begin to search our hearts. And Lord, for every person that comes forward, they're praying for a relationship that is in desperate need of restoration, desperate need of reconciliation, desperate need of rehab and rehabilitation. And God, we can't do that by ourselves. But Lord, today we forgive them by choice and we're asking that our feelings follow. Lord, I pray that you would bless everyone who is bold enough to come to the front of this altar to pray for a relationship that is fractured and broken in need of repair because we can't do it on our own. We need you. So we're going to bring them to you today, Lord. And it's in Jesus' name I pray. And amen. Church, the invitation is open. Would you come? Would you just bring that soul to the altar today? Almighty God, I want to thank you for every decision that was made, for every prayer that was offered for reconciliation, every petition that was made, Father, for, for restoration of a relationship. And God, we just continue to press in. We continue, Father, to press into your spirit. We continue to press in for your anointing. We continue to press in for your healing, Lord God. Father, what you're going to do in this house for the next, in the next three weeks for relationships and reconciliation, Lord God, we thank you in advance. Amen. You may be seated.